Well, I'm Russ White. This is MSU Today, and pleasure again to be back in the company of Michigan State University President Samuel L. Stanley, Jr., M.D. We're going to talk about some of the topics he covered in his November 2021 Spartan Community Letter. So, President Stanley, happy holidays. Well, thank you so much, Russ. Happy holidays to you and everybody listening out there, and I hope it's a very restful and peaceful one for all of us. Well, the most important thing we do at this university is educate our students and Michigan State University's graduation rate is up for the seventh straight year. The rate for first-time, full-time students entering MSU in 2015 increased from 81.3% last year to 82.1% this year. What's significant about that, sir, and what does that six-year graduation rate indicate? So it's very significant and something we really should celebrate on campus. It really represents the work of an extraordinary number of people who are very dedicated to seeing that number increase. And just to put it in perspective, um, even though that's 0.8% increase, that's about 53 or so students. That means there's 53 more students who graduated from MSU who wouldn't have graduated if they'd entered at another point in time uh, and are going to get that MSU degree, uh, go out in the world and make a difference and have lifetime earnings that are about a million dollars higher than students who don't complete a college degree. So from the state's point of view, from a human uh, endeavor and potential point of view, it's wonderful to get students through and help them graduate. And I think we've been on, again, as a very steady ascent on this. Uh, We do much better than would be anticipated in terms of our graduation rates. They're higher than one might predict based on the GPAs and SATs and ACTs of students coming in. So we make a point of really helping students get through. And I'm very excited about it. I think that's the good news. And we are seeing those increases for all students. So all of our students showed an increase in graduation rates, so no students have been left behind. The one challenge we still have, and we talk about it a lot in our strategic plan, is to narrow the gaps between groups, because we still have groups, for example, Pell-eligible students are graduating at lower rates than non-Pell-eligible students. So we are now focused, laser-focused as an institution, on narrowing those gaps while at the same time elevating everybody's success. But it just makes a huge difference, and I'm very grateful to all the people who put the hard work in, including the students, of course, who did that great work of continuing and succeeding. And sir, we're in the middle of a very enjoyable football season. Tom Izzo's got his group started, but there's some other things happening in our athletic department. The the men's water polo club team won the men's collegiate club national championship. Another great year for cross country. Just a lot happening with Alan Haller's kingdom over there. (laughs) It's always busy over there, and there's always exciting things happening, as you said. And I think I'm really proud of not only have we been competing, but we've been competing safely. And I just wanted to give a little shout-out, I think, to the fans who've been coming to the football games, who've been coming to the basketball games, and really thanking them for wearing their masks and really following our rules. We have not seen outbreaks of COVID associated with our sporting events. We want to keep that, so I encourage everybody to keep those masks on indoors. Uh, it's, It's our rules, obviously, on campus. CDC now is advising people do that uh, around the state. So I really appreciate people sticking with the safety because we want to be able to enjoy Tom Izzo. We want to be able to enjoy Susie Merchant's team on the field, on the court. And, of course, we've had some amazing success in football, and I'm very excited about this game coming up on Saturday against Penn State, uh, which will say a lot about our season and our bowl opportunities. And so it's been exciting, been fun, uh, and it's been fun. One of the fun parts of everybody coming back to campus is we've been able to experience Michigan State sports. And, and I do thank you again for reminding me of the tremendous success of our cross-country teams. Our women's soccer team uh, has had a very good season. Um, There's been a lot of success uh, on the field, on the court, and and as we just heard in the classroom for MSU. And more support coming from our donors. You recently had the chance to to thank Greg and Dawn Williams, 
who made a generous $10 million commitment for expansion and renovations to the Tom Izzo football building. And, and how fun it is to say that, the yes. Tom Izzo football building, because everybody knows <laughs> Coach Izzo is such an incredible fan of football. Um, and, of course, he's had great success in the basketball program, which other people have supported very much as well. Yeah, I really thank our donors. They've really been stepping up. I think we're going to set some records or come close to it in terms of athletic donations for this year. And, again, I think people are really recognizing that sports is something that really unites the university, can bring us together in some very important ways. And to get a little bit more serious for a minute, sir, the October 29th campus disappearance of visiting student Brandon Santo gained widespread notice and led to questions and concerns from students and others in our community. MSU Vice President for Public Safety and Chief of Police Marlon Lynch and Senior Vice President for Student Life and Engagement Venny Gore held a town hall recently, which can be viewed on the MSU Student Affairs and Services YouTube page. What came out of the town hall, and what would you like people to know right now about campus safety? Well, well, first of all, my heart goes out to the family of Brendan and uh, their efforts to return him, and our efforts to return him to the family have been paramount in our mind from the beginning. And I think this is something where tremendous resources have been devoted, both by the police uh, on our campus, uh, external support from other agencies, the FBI, um, and again from Grand Valley, people from Grand Valley coming to help. Citizens have been coming on weekends to look. There's been a concerted effort to, to find Brendan and return him. Um, I think at this point in time, I want people to know that we believe the campus to be safe. There's no evidence that this was foul play, and the law authorities have been very clear on this. This isn't my construct. This is what the authorities have said. And I, I think we want to focus on returning him to his family right now, but also be aware of ways in which we make campus more secure. So one of the things that's brought up was the fact that we did have a camera that wasn't working at Yakeley Hall at the time. That's been reported. Um, and I think we wanted to make sure that we now have spares available and can really deal with its cameras that are out of service in a more rapid way. So as everyone learned, we're adding 300 additional camp cameras to the campus to help improve security there. But overall, I believe it is a safe campus. But again, like every other campus, there's things we should do and could continue to work for continuous improvement on that area. And so it's very important to us going forward. Catching up with President Stanley on MSU today. And President Stanley, what are the plans related to COVID for next semester? Well, you know, it would be nice if I could tell you that, that COVID was going away and I thought we'd have no cases coming into spring, but this is a disease that continues to, uh, I think, uh, be resilient, if you will, in terms of its ability to stay among us. Uh, part of that is based on, you know, vaccination. Part of it is based on some of the characteristics of the variants that have made it more difficult to control spread. Having said that, I think the things we've been doing on campus have been very successful. So we've had a slight uptick on cases that took place, began about a month ago, but they have leveled off, while at the same time the state of Michigan and Ingham County have really shot up uh, significantly. So we really, because I believe of our high vaccination rates, about 90% of our population now are vaccinated students and faculty combined in the, those percentages, averaged in those percentages. And I think that's what you see, is because we have vaccinated, we've had much fewer outbreaks, less spread, and so fewer cases per population than we're seeing in Ingham County uh, or the state. Um, that's no reason for us to celebrate um, because we, any cases we have we're still concerned about. But it means the things we've been doing, the mandatory vaccination and the mandatory mask wearing inside have made a difference. As I mentioned in earlier comments, the state Department of Health and Human Services is now mandating people, or not mandating, but recommending people wear a mask indoors in the state of Michigan. And I would encourage the listeners to do that. I think that's one way to keep yourself safer uh, is to wear a mask when you enter stores or 
enter public businesses, restaurants, and so on, unless you're eating. These are all ways on which we can stop the spread. So I'm concerned about this recent spread. So we plan to continue the same measures we've been doing now into the spring. That's our plan right now. If things change and numbers were to get better, we're always ready to adjust. And it's easier to adjust, though, to loosen some of these restrictions than it is to continuously start and, re and stop and restart them. And so we'll be looking very carefully at what's happening. We'll want to make sure that everybody who comes in as a new student is vaccinated. So the vaccine mandate applies to new students who come in the spring. So we'll want to make sure they're vaccinated. And we will be asking them to attest to that. Employees will probably be dealing with the uh, rules that have come down from the White House in terms of requiring employees and staff um, to be vaccinated as part of the vaccine mandate there. So we'll want to make sure everybody's in compliance with that. Um, but I'm looking forward to a great spring. Um, I think we've had a very successful fall so far. Um, and I think it's because people have been doing what was necessary to keep us here. And you recently participated in a campus symposium framing an exciting new initiative to integrate ethical consideration more thoroughly into MSU's curriculum, research, and character of the university community. What's striking you about this? What's important here? Well, I think it's really critical. And I think as we look at our country and we look at our world right now, I think ethics become increasingly important. There are so many challenges for behavior uh, for, that we're faced every day, times when integrity becomes important because there's so many different ways in which one can go down paths uh, of, of lesser integrity or making easy choices as opposed to sometimes what's more difficult in principle. So having students educated on this idea of ethics, whether they're in our College of Law, College of Business, our College of Arts and Letters, um, any of our colleges, and I point out those three because those three deans have been actively involved in putting this program together. But whatever college we're in, we want people to behave ethically. And understanding what that means and what the responsibilities are of citizenship, I think, is really important for us. So we've been very fortunate to have some donors who share that vision of having ethics more incorporated. We talk about in our strategic plan of our students learning experiential learning coupled well, with ethics, uh, we think is a way in which we can really have students who are not only only ready to face the world, uh, but ready to do it in an ethical way. So we're excited about this. We appreciate the donors who stepped in to help us do this. That symposium was very exciting. We're working towards forming an institute. And this is going to be, I think, an important role for my office as well as the provost uh, and those deans I mentioned, faculty who've been very involved in this and putting this all together um, as an academic enterprise, but one that will also sh go into our administrative units as well as we think about the ethics involved in the compliance and things we need to do on campus every day. Of this month, we introduced an exciting new component to our connected campus mobility infrastructure, a 22-passenger electric autonomous bus. Now undergoing rigorous safety and operational testing, it's one of the largest electronic autonomous transit vehicles on United States roads. Not only will the electric bus add to the ways we're reducing MSU's environmental impact and meeting our sustainability goals, but it will also allow MSU researchers to develop a variety of real-world data to advance our already impressive advanced mobility capabilities. The new bus is expected to enter service sometime next year. It will connect the MSU auditorium to the MSU commuter lot number 89 at Farm Lane and Mount Hope, where you can also find part of the largest solar carport array in North America. But just the the bus must be fun. I'm sure you've you know had a ride in it. Talk about this program. 
so, so what a great way to tie it together to our commitment to sustainability and the uh, solar array that we have in the parking garage. And then, of course, this uh, wonderful uh, bus that uh, really is autonomous in terms of its ability to get from that parking area um, to the auditorium uh, site and to navigate on our regular roads. And so I did have a chance to ride it. Um, it's, it's really tremendously amazing to see uh, this thing turn, stop, uh, detect pedestrians, detect cars in front of it. Um, it's still got a few things to work through, and I saw that when I went on the ride. It's, a, it's not perfect. Um, but, you know, the, it, it is making great progress. And I think what's nice is they're working through it on these roads, but at nighttime when there's very little density of students and other traffic, they're getting through it to make sure it's going to work perfectly at the time we put it in service. And that's what we expect of it. Of course, there's a driver there to operate that can override, and that's important as well. I think it's, it's really a, a look at the future. I think autonomous vehicles, particularly for this sort of thing, are going to be very important, whether they're this size, larger, or smaller. I'm not sure what, you know, the market will determine that. But this is a nice size to practice on, if you will, uh, with about 22 passenger capacity. Um, I think is good enough to make a difference in terms of transportation needs, but not so large that it becomes more cumbersome to kind of manage and take care of. So I think it's a great starting point. And I really appreciate the opportunity to work with our uh, partners in this, uh, as well as, as you said, to work with many colleges on campus who have interest in this, because this is such a complica complicated thing, this autonomous vehicle issue. Um, now, obviously, you need the technology. You need the LIDAR and radar, uh, the infrared that allows you to detect uh, and drive safely, and the artificial intelligence that allows it to learn and learn a route and, and change how it behaves on the route. Those are critical components as well. The sensors that are necessary to get data on its performance are critical, too. And that all comes from the stars in engineering and computer sciences uh, can do a lot of work there. Uh, at the same time, though, there's a lot of social issues as well. How do you utilize this best? What are the parts in terms of city planning? Where are the places where it makes the most sense to use it? And liability issues. Who's liable for this vehicle if it's running? Is it the manufacturer? Uh, is it the person who's operating it? Um, who, who's liable if there's accidents involving it? So getting our legal scholars involved in this area and understanding this is really important as well. So it's exciting, um, but it also raises some questions that I think people need to answer and understand. And so it's wonderful to be at the cutting edge of this. Talking with President Stanley on MSU today. And, sir, you attended the recent Grand Awards ceremony that annually honors Spartans whose contributions to their communities, companies, and the university have been especially impactful. It's kind of like student success leads to alumni success, doesn't it? Almost a circle of life kind of thing. Uh, again, Russ, you've really, you've really hit the nail on the head. You've, you've phrased it really well. It's really nice for us to think about this in terms of these amazing students we graduate, but that's just the beginning, obviously, yes. and then the potential ahead of them and the lives they live uh, turn out to you know reflect uh, on MSU in very, very positive ways, and I think uh, it was a remarkable evening for me to have a chance to listen to these incredibly accomplished, accomplished alums, and some who are not alums, but have given back so much to the Michigan State University and hear their stories and what they've done and what they've accomplished. And again, their modesty notwithstanding, um, these are some amazing uh, people who've done some incredible things. And I'm not going to single any one person right. out because right. I wouldn't be fair to the others I heard, but it was just an array of talent and accomplishment uh, and a wonderful evening where we had a chance to celebrate them and their accomplishments and think about, again, you know, what great things our students are going to do in the future as well. And more there at alumni.msu.edu. And, and President Stanley, you again recently witnessed how much MSU faculty and staff love and support MSU at the annual Thanks for Giving Lunch. 
5,259 faculty, staff, and retiree donors collectively contributed $21 million to the university and in students in the last fiscal year. Such truly impressive figures put MSU second in the Big Ten and seventh among the 66 members of the prestigious Association of American Universities in employee and retiree giving. Wow. It's incredible, and again, you know, the, the people who work at MSU um, really give so much beyond the hours they put in every day in the office. Um, they really are committed to this institution, what it stands for, and I think nothing speaks more to a donor, in my view, than people who work at the institution, who are paid by the institution, and yet want to give back to the institution. Because here you are working every day, giving your all, and then you still are giving part of that treasure you've earned back to the institution because you care about it and what it's doing. And I think when I would talk to donors about participation, um, I think they always were very impressed when I cite these numbers because, again, it means they're investing in something that the people who work at MSU are willing to invest in as well. So I'm very grateful to what the faculty and staff have given. I thank them for their contributions in the university, and I hope they continue to support those elements of the university that make a difference, they believe make a difference. So whether it's student success and scholarships, whether it's faculty doing their amazing work, uh, whether it's infrastructure to build support for many, uh, whatever the gift is, it makes a direct difference in someone's life, and we very much appreciate it. And I'll just remind people that Tuesday, November 30th is Giving Tuesday. Should anyone want to continue and, and give a little more to this great place, givingto.msu.edu is the place. And sir, as we wrap up, just uh, sort of some holiday thoughts or care to share how maybe the Stanley family will, will enjoy the next few weeks? The Stanleys um, will be meeting uh, at uh, the location of one of my daughters, and so we will have everybody in the family except my uh, oldest daughter, who will be celebrating with her fiancé's family. But everybody else will be there together, and we're looking forward to very restful and relaxing uh, Thanksgiving, a chance to get together again and see each other. It's been a while since we had the whole group together, and uh, it's such an important holiday in terms of getting together, and I hope everyone has a chance to experience it and experience it safely. safely. And one final thought, sir, just as you look ahead to, to 2022, is there a couple of exciting things, maybe the opening of FRIB or something that you just like to tease Spartans with that you're thinking about? Well, FRIB uh, opening is going to be extraordinary, and I think the chance to get this user facility, which is already in demand by hundreds of, of scientists around the world, actually running and, and, and doing experiments is going to be, I think, transformative. Um, I also look forward to continuing our work in student success, so I think we've made some progress in this. Um, I think now that we have the strategic plan, beginning to implement that plan and beginning to really the hard work of taking these ideas we have, these exciting ideas, and turning them into faculty recruitment programs, work in DEI that will change the composition of our faculty and staff and students. Um, all these things, I think, are hard work ahead of us, but I see much more opportunity to implement uh, coming in 2022. Well, sir, thanks again for sharing your insights. Happy holidays, and uh, go green. Go white. That's Michigan State University President Samuel L. Stanley, Jr., M.D., all he's working on for us, available at president.msu.edu. And you can follow along on Instagram at MSU Pres Stanley. And I'm Russ White. This is MSU Today.